Good morning, Vine Church. Can you repeat back to me? Good morning, Vine Church. Can you do it louder? The Spirit of the Living God is here. I said, The Spirit of the Living God is here. There's a famous prophet called Bob Jones. He would give the craziest of prophecies, but the crazy thing about them is they would come true. And he said, Many, many years ago, revival would come back to America when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. You probably know the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last month at the same time as revival broke out in High Ashbury in America. The last time revival broke out in America in High Ashbury was in 1970, the same year that Elm and I were lying in the mud with 30,000 hippies and God showed up and brought a revival to our lives. That was the last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, 1970. God is indescribable. He does the impossible. He's so unusual you can't pin him down and every time you pin him down, he moves on. He'll do things to bless us. He'll do things to offend us. But I want to bring a message today to let you know that even if you're in a cave today and you don't have the money to go visit revival here and there in a place, you're going to get an opportunity to have a personal revival today. Today. But first you have to step out the cave. Revival began from David when he was in a cave of depression and defeat and fear. And God showed up and brought a personal revival to him with one single thing, step out the cave. Abraham was just, you know, fixing, the, I believe, fixing his funeral plans. It was like game over. And God decides I'm bringing you a revival, but first you gotta step out the tent. And when he stepped out the tent, and that day when Elma and I were lying in the mud with all the druggies, and the Lord said, step out the field. Six in the morning, I took her hand and I said, we've had enough of this life, darling. Let's step out of this. 30,000 people continue to do their stuff. And I want to encourage you today. You may be in the lowest tomb. You may be in the lowest cave. You may be in the lowest moment. But I'm going to invite you to stand with me. We're going to do a little spiritual warfare today. That song says, take down the giants. If you don't know how to take your giants down, I'm about to show you. Because first we've got to step out the tent and take down the giant. Sarah didn't believe it when God said, you're going to have a child. God had to take down the giant of doubt in her head. There may be sickness in your family. There may be discouragement in your soul. There may be failure in your mind and betrayal knives in your back. But if you will step out of your tent today, like Abraham, 
If you will just step out the doubt of the tent of fear, the tent of discouragement, and slay a few giants keeping that stone rolled over your tomb, then you are ready to receive an anointing, an outpouring, a miracle, a vision today, and personal revival can come to your house today. I don't know if I'm preaching yet or just introducing. I've no idea what I'm doing. But a week past Friday night, we needed, our, we needed a touch from God. We needed God to show up. We had a little four-year-old. And we were wondering, do we call the parents? No point in calling the parents because you can never get hold of a plumber. Emma spent an hour bandaging the bleeding wounds on her knees, the bleeding wounds on her elbows, the bleeding wounds on her wrist. We didn't know where to call the hospital. We needed God to show up and bring a Holy Ghost anointing and presence. And that little girl sitting there all sad, she's so innocent, you don't even know I'm talking about her sitting there. She said, can we have a time of prayer and worship? Can we just sing Waymaker? I'm not lying. The Holy Spirit came on this kid. She laid hands on her sister and prayed the blessing of God on her. For a solid 60 minutes, she covered every inch of the floor, taking down every giant, taking out of stronghold. Not once complaining to God about her sickness, not once asked for prayer. She said, God, I've had enough. Every person is visiting a doctor right now, heal them. Every person lying in the hospital sick, heal them. And she was caught pulling down the devil, pulling us 60 solid minutes. That sick child gave her best to God. She could have stayed in the tent. She could have stayed in the tomb. She could have stayed in South Bury. We had a visitation from the living God as much as I've ever experienced in the revivals of Argentina, Toronto, anywhere in the world, we sat there with our jaws on the floor. Maybe the best night in a house ever. If God can do it for David in the cave and a little child bleeding, if you're willing to give it one more go and step out the cave, step out the doubts, and take your giants and get ready for God to visit you and visit that tough situation, visit that child of yours, visit that sickness, visit that thing and smash it once and for all and set you on fire for Jesus Christ like never before. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me? And would you just stay one step, just one, left or right, and say, Lord, I've had enough of that tent. I've had enough of that tent. I've had enough of that demon. I've had enough of that liar. I've had enough of recession and pandemics. I've had enough. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. 
David won. He didn't want to come out. God says, I got 400 guys in a worse state than you, waiting for you to shake them up. And that wee four-year-old child was not interested in her. She wanted to shape everybody in the room up and every sick person up. And God has a plan to use you and use you and use you to shake things up for the glory of God, no matter what age. So we're going to sing that song. We'll sing a verse or two. Just engage your heart and give your best to God. I might not even get around to preaching, depending on how this goes. At the Holy Spirit, you have permission to do what you want, how you want, when you want, in any way you want. It's your church, no yours. In Jesus' name. Who's up for it, guys? Who's up for it? Come on, we're hungry. We're thirsty. We need it. We need it. Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's blast away the inhibitions. Give your whole heart, your whole soul, your whole passion to Lord Jesus Christ.
okay. What giant are you facing right now? Just keep it going gently, guys. Just keep it going. What giant are you facing? Sickness? Financial? Depression? Loneliness? Pray with me, please. Pray with me, please. We're going to take some giants down. Lord Jesus Christ, let me hear you. Lord Jesus Christ. I can't hear you. Lord Jesus Christ. We take down the spirit of fear. The spirit of depression. The spirit of apathy. The, the, the spirit of betrayal. The spirit of isolation. The spirit of loneliness. The spirit of weariness. The spirit of despair. We bind every single one of these demons that have kept me in the tomb of despair. They've kept me in the tomb too long. I bind every one of those demons and I rebuke them in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, come and blast away the stone over my tomb. Let resurrection revival begin in my life today. Let your voice open my ears like never before. Let your spirit open my eyes like never before. To see into the unseen realm. No one in the tomb could see what's on the other side. And most thought it was game over, but Jesus knew on the other side of the stone, God was at work like more than ever before. And you may have only seen the scene in recent months, even years, the stone over your tomb that says game over. But I have a two-word prophecy to give to every single soul in this room that needs to hear it. It's actually three words. It's game on. It's game on. It's game on. You picked the wrong sucker devil when you picked on me. David thought it was game over, but it was game on. Abraham thought it was game over, but it was game on. The disciples thought it was game over, but it's game on. You think you're finished, you haven't even begun yet because it's game on, says the loving God in Jesus' name. Now let, let me hear you applaud the Lord Jesus 10 times, 10 times more than that. Keep it going. Let's worship some more, guys. Let's give your best to God. He, he's breaking through. He's breaking through. He's breaking through. He's breaking through. Come on. Ho ho.
up Scotland, guys. Let's wake Scotland up once and for all with the power of the Holy Spirit. Give somebody a high five or a low three and take a seat, please. Thanks, George. Thanks, Ban. Absolutely brilliant. Thanks, guys. So here's my question, guys. Here's my question. Here's my question. What if God touched your life today with a Holy Ghost revival that no discouragement, no bad news, no disasters could cause you to flint to the left or the right one single percent? That's where we're going today, guys. I believe God's going to touch your life and give us the tools today to stay in the joy zone, the presence of the Lord Jesus, the love of the living God, the miracle zone, no matter what nuclear lands on your head. And we're going to go straight to it. Most preachers keep the zippo for the last. I'm just going to go straight to it. Because Jesus gives us a master class in a few simple words. How he did it. And it's absolutely amazing. And if you take this, the heart of this, and apply it, you will stay in revival when it comes to you, no matter what comes from the side. It's Hebrews 12, this. Jesus lets you know how do you keep this thing. Because getting revival is one thing, keeping it is another thing. How did Jesus do it? Here's this. You ready for this? Hebrews 12, 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and he perfects our faith. Here it comes. Because of the joy awaiting him. The cross, not even the cross, put him 1% off track. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he's seated in a place of honor beside God's throne. If you don't have a clear-cut vision inside you, powerful enough, compelling enough, you're easy meat. But Jesus gives us the key to get a vision, a plan for your life, a plan for eternity, so deep and explosive inside you that you're so excited about. You're so, you're so on fire with. And when the Bible says, unless you have a vision, you perish, this is what it's meaning. Jesus would have perished if he didn't have something a million times more compelling on the other side to return to be beside the Father in the unseen world. And guess what? You could say, well, that's fine for Jesus. But in a moment, we'll see even clearly that the exact same thing he says about you and me. He says, when you came to Jesus, he seated you by the throne of the Father in the presence of God. He took you out your sins, he took you out your fears, he took you out your doubts, and your spiritual home is not that 
job you're not enjoying. It's not that bank manager. It's not that liar, lying spirit. Your spiritual home. And if you could get, allow the Holy Spirit to give you a clear-cut vision of where your head office is, of where you're seated right now, you think you're sitting on an Italian chair flown in especially from Italy for you. No, 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 no. That's just where your dog's parked. But your spirit, your spirit is seated by the Father and all the power and all the, the, the presence and all the joy that's at the throne is where you and I belong in the Spirit. And when you return to that afresh every morning and you wake up and you see, you have a compelling vision of not only where you're going, but where you are. Your home is not in that difficult business. Your home is not in that difficult... Your home, where you're seated... And when you come into worship in the morning and you close your eyes, like Alan said, you begin to see the unseen. You begin to see where your spirit operates from. And then you begin to think from the throne. You think from the spirit. You think from the power of God. You think from the unlimited love and grace of God. And you're in a whole new ballgame. And it's so vital you ask God to give you that same compelling vision Jesus had of where he was heading. And the great thing is that you in a sense are ahead because he was heading there. You're already there. He took you from that pit and that cave and he placed you. But I want to tell you something. We have been in many revivals, Elma and I and friends, in Argentina when it exploded, in Toronto when it exploded, in Africa when it exploded in many places. And very early on, our heart cry was this, to ignite that revival in everybody's heart, no matter where they were, and teach them how to keep it. Every revival in history has had a season, some one year, some a hundred years. And I've enjoyed visiting them and being filled with the Spirit in them, but my heart cry is, I started writing a book three days ago. I'm going to do it in seven days and get it straight to the publisher. Specifically for the average 19-year-old, but it's for anybody. To help them experience this unseen power and presence of God and revival. At that young age, or any age, that will sustain them through all their days. And so I want to just share a few things this morning to help us not only receive a fresh outpouring and refreshing from the Holy Spirit, but how do we keep it? How do we keep it and how do we increase the fire in the, as the years go by? And not even the big bad wolf can come and blow your joy down when you step into this beautiful, beautiful relationship with the Father. And so 2 Kings 6.17, the servant was in a place where he thought it's game over. It was like he was completely surrounded by enemies. 
Anybody here ever had a moment where it feels like it's your tomb moment? That everything could go wrong in your life has just gone wrong. Come on, guys. Let's be honest. Let's see a few, a few hands. I'll, I'll, I'll even take a few pretends, you know, just to get one to go. But here's the thing. That's where he was. That God chose that moment to give him a key that when you can see into the unseen, the seen no longer troubles you. This is explosive. What kept Jesus going the unseen? He could see into the unseen. And believers, 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 it's God's heart to give us more than a few fluffy dreams and a few fluffy visions. They're all good, blah, blah, blah. But he wants a relationship. He wants a role. The Father wants to be you to experience His presence morning to night. And if you know how to do that and ignite that, I think I wandered as a Christian for about six, seven years, thinking I'm no different to the other religions that are worshiping a block of wood because I, I don't know how to hear God's voice. I don't know how to see in the unseen. All my, many were getting visions and dreams, but I was stuck. And my heart is to help everybody and anybody, everybody and anybody to step into the unseen realm where the Spirit of God and the angels are, are operating and preparing, preparing your outcomes and your breakthroughs by faith. So the Lord, uh, Elisha prayed for this, this servant who was in game over mode. And this was his prayer, oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. What if the Lord opened your eyes today and you saw the outcomes he's preparing for every one of your situations? The outcomes. And I'm seeing and hearing this miracle almost every single day around the world as people apply this. So the Lord opened his eyes of the young man and instantly he went from game over to it's game on. He suddenly realized like you and me do, I'm not alone anymore. And he saw the mountain was covered in horses, chariots of fire, and 7,000 helpers in the spiritual realm. Have you an idea how many angels God has on your side? They're all around you, everywhere you go. And even if you just begin the journey 1% today, to see in the unseen realm, and hear the voice of God coming from the unseen realm, your revival journey is beginning. And I like when people tell miracle stories from 50, 100 years ago, but but my heart is, I, I think people like fresh bread. And, 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 and last Friday, some of you may not know that one of the fastest growing sports in America right now is called foot golf, which is basically golf for folk who can't play golf. You use a football. There's even a course up at Piper Dam if you want to have a go at it. But guess what? It's been going on in the unseen world. 50 different countries are def 
dead serious about this tournament and they're playing a World Cup in America. And there's a wonderful young man who's in the next series of the Chosen movie that I coach, called me on Friday, and he has a dream. He has a compelling vision to feed one million hungry kids. But he has a wee dream. And I always encourage people, if God cares about the hairs of your head, then don't put limits on them. And he called me on Friday. He says, Jimmy, I need a miracle. I, 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 I'm in a tournament for two days to be in the USA football team. But I haven't been training. He immediately gave me his three giants we needed to take down. I haven't been training. I'm not in great shape, and my legs are so weak. I spent 10 minutes giving him a compelling vision of the outcome. You need to get a fresh download from God every day of the outcome you're hoping for each day. If he says his mercies are new every morning, and if he says that, if he says that when you pray, believe, and if he says he cares about the hairs of your head, then he cares about the outcome of every single one of your days. And if you could start your day with the outcome, rather wait on it by the Spirit. So I gave him an outcome. And he called me at the end of the tournament. He said, I lost by six goals. I'm not in the team. I says, keep doing the stuff and trusting the living God. In front of his whole staff on Thursday announced out the blue for some strange reason, he got a call from the captain of the team saying there's been some changes and you are in the USA World Cup foot golf team. Come on guys, God cares, God cares. He's not some holy woolly that doesn't care about your ordinary things but mostly cares about anything you want to do that brings him glory. Come on, guys. He's not too fussed about when we're proud and it's about our glory, but when you're willing to go do anything for his glory, he's, on your, he's, a, he's in your team. So I want to give us three powerful steps very quickly. Because 1 Corinthians says this verse, and it's so beautiful. It says this, no ear has heard. Take encouragement from this, Alan. Alan's a wee bit deaf at the moment, but take encouragement from him. No ear has heard. I'm going to give you an Alan key in a moment. You're going to like this one, Alan. So, this is what the scripture says this is what it says when they say, no eye is seen, no ear is heard, and no mind is imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. So humanly speaking, no eye can see, no ear can hear. But when the Spirit of God touches your life, when you ask the Spirit of God to touch your life, he'll open up the supernatural realm and let you see the outcomes he's working on. 
But very quickly, and we're going to have a bit of time in worship and prayer in a minute. But I want to give us three things that I learned from Abraham that took him from the seen to the unseen and the greatest outcome in history. And you guys could take what Abraham did and practice it for 60 seconds every morning. Every time you got a tough thing to do that day, every time you got a tough pitch to make, every time you got a difficult, impossible situation to face, every time you got to confront somebody you don't want to confront, even 60%, 60 seconds before you go into this, that discussion, that moment, if you will put into practice these three things Abram put into practice, the outcome will be like you're in your World Cup for that day. This is something I practice every single morning and many times through the day. Whenever I've got to make that difficult call, the results have been absolutely mind-blowing. Some people call it SFT. I prefer to call it SCT. So, firstly, just before I mention the three things, it says, for this reason I'm telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer, in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them and they'll be given to you. That is so explosive and so key. And the, here's the great thing. You get to practice this and cultivate his presence and hear his beautiful voice and see into the supernatural realm, even if it's for your very first time. So the very first thing is this. See it. Abraham couldn't see it when he was in the tent. And God took him outside like we just did there. And when you pray about that tough situation of your day, even for your long-term future, what you must do is paint the picture in your mind of the outcome and the desire of your heart. Paint it. If I say to you right now, paint five pink elephants in your mind. Even when you say I'm no good with that stuff in my imagination, you're already seeing pink elephants. But if you want to live by faith, we mustn't pray with a problem in mind. We must pray with a miracle in mind. Faith people pray with the outcome in mind. I've told you before about the man given up for dead in Germany and everybody's focus was on the scene. I was not interested in the scene and as a result, the man rose up and 15 years later, he's still alive. But if you want to, if you're praying for that troubled son, a lady in the high street stopped me and her, she said, my daughter's way off the rails, covered to head to toe in earrings, tattoos, black things. She's a terrible daughter. She's this, she's this, she's this. She's a problem. And I said, no, she's not the one with the problem. I didn't say who was, by the way. I let her work it out herself. 
I said, if you will do this today, seven days, seven days you'll see the beginning of the transformation. When you pray, see the outcome. See your daughter with her hands in the air, loving Jesus, worshiping Jesus, on fire for Jesus. And when you do that, you're connecting with the unseen of how God sees her. For God so loved the world. He didn't hate us when we're sinners. He was already seeing our outcome. So when you have a situation, a problem, don't pray the problem. Pray the outcome. And paint that picture in your mind. So when God took Abraham at the tent, he helped them. He said, see the stars. First, he had to see what was in the unseen realm in God's mind. Secondly, he then taught him how to conceive it. This is the only way I can make sense of why he says count the stars when no human could count them. <laughs> when my mum used to shout us all for dinner and for dinner, about 13 or 15 years, she would count them. And she was totally transformed as she was, oh great, that's number three, that's what, number four's in the house, number five. She was conceiving. When a lady gets that blue paper, that blue touch on the paper, in that moment, something's going on. And you guys know what that looks like. The conversation in the house is no longer about football, nurseries, and this and this. Conceive it. And so I would encourage you, if you're in a hurry, see the outcome. Then conceive it. In other words, let it go down into every single cell in your body, asking God to fill you with radical faith that he's working on the outcome. He says, trust him, come. And then the third step is this. And Abraham got it straight away, and Sarah didn't. So God helped him to see it, then feel it. Could you imagine as he's counting 100 sons, 121 kids, 122 kids, 123, as he's counting, counting, counting all his children. Some people even say they reckon they saw the face of his kids on every star. I'm not sure he did. But he still had the third step. And you could do this in 30, 60 seconds, I promise you. You're going to ignite miracles, the unseen world, the presence of God, if we do what the Word of God says. The third step is he had to trust it. He had to trust the process. And for some people, it's easy. Some people, for me, it's easy. For me, it's easy. Just because I'm no use at doing anything else. I'm not, actually, I'm not actually very good at doubting and worrying. I do, but Elma's like, right, let's just back up a minute here, Jimmy, and nail this down. I love women. They just want a little bit more details and facts, and that's where Sarah was. She didn't spell out. She spared us the details, but she, burst, she just burst out laughing when he says you're going to be with child. Understandably, she struggled with the third step. Trust it. But 
Abraham had come out of his tent of doubts. She hadn't. And that's a key. And you have to step out your tent of doubts every morning. Because while you're asleep, the devil's building his tent. He's rebuilding the tent. And you went to sleep on fire, buzzing, yeah, I'm going to conquer the world, and you wake up like a dog's breakfast. Although you don't get dog's breakfast anymore. You get all these wee post nibbles and everything new, eh? No more real pal meat we used to give our dogs. But that's all good. It's probably a lot healthier for them. But you, you could wake up, the devil's been on you all night, putting his tent back on you. And you have to make a decision every morning by faith. I'm coming out that tent. I've got the situation to, f- to face. Your mercies are new every morning, God. And you said in Exodus 14, 14, I just need to be still and you'll fight the battles. So take 60 seconds. 60 seconds is a good place to start. The day will come, you'll spend two, three hours just soaking in the presence of God. Soaking in his anointing. And he'll give you revelation. He'll give you visions. He'll give you dreams. Even if you've never had them before. And I'm going to take just three minutes in a moment for us to have a practice at that. Just think for a moment. What do you need a breakthrough in? What problem are you praying about? What's the big one? What situation has got a stone rolled over the tune? Because here's what happens when revival shows up. Not only does the Spirit of God fill and refresh you, he takes down the giants that's holding you back. The reason I've written this book for 19 years old kids is for mainly just to give something to my grandkids when they're ready for it. So they don't have to struggle and spend 20, 30, 40 years getting a hold of the stuff I'm delivering today. I want to give them something that no matter what plonker comes their way, what demon comes their way, what difficulty comes their way, they have an anchor to hold on to that God gave to Abraham. I like to have a bit of fun in the house of God because my Bible says that Jesus had more fun than all his fellows put together. And that was his strength. Can we just stand in the presence of God for a moment, guys? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to exaggerate, but you have no idea what an honor it is. What an honor it is to still be allowed to bring the Word of God and see people come alive. God wants to ignite a personal revival, a corporate revival, a national revival. But guess what? Most times he looks for the one. Most times he looks for the one who's hungry, who's desperate, who's willing. He's willing to give up all their pride, all their inhibitions, 
all their own plans. A person is willing to do whatever it takes to give God all the glory. All the glory. Anybody that's just humble enough, accountable enough, desperate enough. And I'm telling you right now, one thing I know about this room, at least 50% of this room is in that place, at least. We need that touch of God. We need that revival. And I love what the Facebook thing said. The rain is here. You bet it is. You bet it is. You bet it is. And it's up to you and me to ignite it and release it. And your confidence is low. You think, oh, but you don't know how tough my husband is. You don't know how tough my wife is. Let me tell you something. I'm only here today because I've got the toughest wife in Scotland. She lets me off with absolutely nothing. No nonsense, no speed limits, no seatbelt carry-on. And you would think it's, 70, it's time to take it easy. No, 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 no. She's on a mission to ensure I finish the race, being all I can be for the glory of God. And I would be absolutely nowhere if God hadn't sent this woman into my life. She could just go out to hang with him, to hang with him. He can make his bed when he likes. He can do that when he likes, but I'm so grateful. No, at the moment when she says it, the moment when she says it, the flesh is cooking on gas, eh? You're like, I'm due an easy shaft. The thing I love about Elma is, She's the most loving, gentle person, but she's a warrior inside her. And in her game, there's no easy shifts. If someone needs sorted, it's getting sorted. And I honestly believe the Father is here today to sort whatever's troubling you. And I want to lead us in the Holy Ghost. Uh, Can we get the, the band up, please, again? Where's our three score and ten leader? You know, the Lord, the Lord is beautiful. Do you know what, guys? Three score and ten, and he's still on fire. <laughs> Honestly, God, the least you can do is stand and join me in singing happy birthday. That's a long time. We don't, we decided there was one every week, so we'll not do that anymore. But I tell you what, I think 70 years he's earned it, eh? So who'd be willing? Who'd be willing to sing at the bottom of your hearts? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, George Keenan. Happy birthday to you. And even more than that, have mercy on his wife, who's still got to sort him out. Who's still got to sort him out. God's good. So guys, if the band could just play quietly, could we just close our eyes? Let's just make space. Because the rain is here. And it may just be the first few droplets today. But if you will make intentionally make an effort to see it, 
to see the outcome each day that you desire. The Bible says, commit your plans to the Lord. Commit your plans to the Lord. See it. Paint that picture until it's crystal clear, the outcome you need for the day, the week, your family. Conceive it by just soaking in it and walking in the picture with all five senses until every fiber in your being said, it is done. And trust the outcome. And then get up off your knees or out your prayer chair and spend the rest of the day acting, thinking, as if it's already done. Because the Bible says when you pray, believe. Come on, guys. Come on. The people, the Christians that say to me, I'm waiting to see what happens. I say, well, I don't. I'll just make it happen. If the guys wait to see whether this crippled guy could get through the roof, he'd still be waiting. They made it happen. They burst through the roof. And it's time for us to burst through the doubts, burst through the roof of apathy, burst through the depression, burst through the roof every day. Why don't you wake up tomorrow morning as a roof buster? A roof buster and burst through that doubt and come into the joy of the Lord's presence and begin to make your request known to God. But see it. 16 years of age, I looked at the Dunfermline Press and I saw it. I saw the woman that would spit, commit her life to licking me into shape. Ever so grateful. Ever so, the trouble I'd be in, oh my God. See it, guys. Conceive it, feel it. And trust it. Let's close our eyes. I want you to think of one situation you need a breakthrough in. One impossible situation in your workplace. And you, maybe your husband ain't saved. Maybe your wife ain't saving your kids. And you've been praying about his problem. You've been praying about his drinking. You've been praying about her, this, that, the next thing. Forget all that rubbish. Forget that rubbish. Focus on the outcome. See your wife or husband on fire for God. See your son, your daughter returning to God. See the outcome. You need a breakthrough in your job, a breakthrough in your finances. In this moment, see what that number one obstacle giant is you're facing. That one great need. Just see it. See it. And as you do, in your heart, just hand it to God. But see it clearly. But then decide to see the outcome. What's the outcome you want for your husband, your wife, your job situation, your vision, your dream. What's the outcome? Begin to paint the answer to your prayer. Paint the outcome. And see yourself stepping into that picture. Use all five senses. Smell his aftershave. See the smile on his face as he walks into church. See the dance that's in her legs because God's just healed her. Conceive it. Then as you commit it to God, spend the rest of your day thanking God that he's heard your prayer. The rocket's left heaven. And you're going to trust the process. You're going to trust the process. 
And if we play this next song, could you just ask the Holy Spirit? Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a hunger, a hunger for the presence and the love of Jesus like never before. Pray this prayer with me, Lord Jesus Christ. You know I need a move of God. You know I need a breakthrough. You know I need an outcome. And I've doubted the outcome. It's taken so long. But I know if I walk humbly before you with a healthy fear and awe of God in me, you'll show up. And I'm leaving here today with a confidence that as I stepped into your rest today, you're fighting and winning every battle for me in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Touch every person. Touch every person. Set this people on fire. Set your church on fire. The rain is here. You only see the cloud the size of the man's hand. You only hear the pitter-patter. But if you step into the presence of the Holy Spirit every day and God opens you to the unseen realm, your house, your house, your house will be on fire with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's put our hands together and applaud the living God, guys. Louder, guys. Come on. Let's mean it. Let's mean it. Thanks, guys.